gentlemen, good morning. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us on the road to 80s Wrestling Con 4. We are just over a month away, 37 days to be exact, from one of the biggest gatherings of pro wrestling superstars to ever rock the East Coast. I'm talking about the likes of Typhoon, Tony Atlas, Skinner, Paul Roma, Head Shrinker Samu, and of course, the event headliner, Brett the Hitman Hart. It's all taking place on Saturday, May the 6th at the Men in Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. Tickets on sale now at 80swrestlingcon.com. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and this is 80s Wrestling the Podcast. And as everybody knows, it's WrestleMania weekend. And today's topic, the granddaddy of them all, the event that started it all, WrestleMania 1, the spectacle to end all spectacles. And as always, I'm sitting across from the human spectacle, Tommy Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. What is going on, brother? Whoa, whoa. WrestleMania. Come on, Jay. Fighting to survive. Pump it up, pump it up. Brother, come on. Get a little excitement in your voice. You you are taking me... You were taking me down memory lane, man. I had that album when I was a when I was a younger man. <laughs> yeah, man. WrestleMania weekend. I know. I know. I mean, it officially starts tomorrow, but hell, man. Eighties wrestling podcast each and every Thursday, right here. We're going to start WrestleMania weekend a little bit early, right now, actually, as we take a stroll down memory lane and take a look at the first ever. WrestleMania 1985, everything, Jay, everything was riding on this event. And Vince McMahon Jr., who had recently purchased the company from his father uh, a few years before that, is putting on the granddaddy of them all. And, uh, and, and I love hearing different uh, opinions of, not opinions, but uh immediate thoughts from you know, stars from that era that weren't in the WWF at the time that was maybe in the NWA or a different territory because a huge part of the first WrestleMania and the selling point behind it was the whole rock and wrestling um, thing that they did on MTV with Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter and Mr. T and Hulk Hogan bringing in, and at the time, I mean, Mr. T was a gigantic TV star, and Cindy Lauper was super hot, red hot. And, you know, the, the idea of mixing, you know, these larger-than-life figures from different aspects of entertainment and everyone together for a, a big wrestling event, man, I mean, that's what really, in my opinion, you know, uh, you know, really sold the first event between Cindy Lauper and Mr. T. And also, I mean, Hulk Hogan, the rise of him at that time was he was getting red hot more each and every day. And Rowdy Roddy Piper did such a fantastic job in having fans care even more about Hulk Hogan at that time. Uh, and I always do say this without, you know, without that first WrestleMania, without Roddy Piper being the, you know, the adversary for Hulk Hogan, who knows, you know, if there was anyone else in that position, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if it would have went the same way because Piper was just absolutely fantastic at the time of his role. But, yeah, man, between that and the cele- mixing in the celebrities, I mean, they had a ton of celebrities in that first WrestleMania. I know you probably get into that momentarily. But, yeah, just the whole 
it was, it was something that wasn't done before between celebrities and then getting them involved in wrestling and getting on MTV. It really made it what it is today. I mean, this coming weekend, it's now two days and it's, you know, skyrocketed to the levels that it has. You know, but it all started in 1985, and we're going to talk about that today here on the podcast. You laid the groundwork very well, Tommy. How you talked about is kind of a perfect storm. You had the rock and wrestling. You had the rise in popularity of Hulk Hogan. You had the evil adversary and Rowdy Roddy Piper. You add the celebrity impact. It seemed like the perfect time. If someone was going to stray from the pattern, from the blueprint of running a territory wrestling promotion and do something big, 1985 was the perfect time to kind of strike why that iron is hot. Before we jump into the callers, I would love to get your perspective. As someone who promotes pro wrestling events, you know the time and the planning and all the moving parts that need to come together. And you know you put a lot of effort, you put a lot of money, you put a lot of energy behind these events, praying that they're going to be a success. As a promoter, what do you think was going on in the mind of Vince McMahon as he is betting everything on this huge event, something that has never been done before? You know the stress behind the scenes. Give me a little peek into what was Vince McMahon thinking at this time leading up to this event? I'll tell you what, it's it's a good segue into uh, uh, comparing it to something that I was uh, personally went through as far as running – a convention one time. So it was, a, it, it, ironically enough, Jay, it was a tribute to WrestleMania one convention. And I actually just got the original poster for that. Someone came in last week to the store and gave it to me. I'm going to take a picture of it and try and get it on our social media so you guys can take a look at it. Um, but what was, what, what I like, so here's the backstory real quickly. So I found out WrestleMania 20 was going to be at Madison Square Garden. And at the time, there wasn't a million wrestling conventions like there is now. I mean, now everywhere you turn, you know, there's a wrestling convention. So back then, it wasn't like that. So I knew it was going to be the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania, and uh, it was going to be at Madison Square Garden. So the day before, I said, you know what? I'm going to do a tribute to WrestleMania 1 the day before WrestleMania 20, and I'm going to have it in New Jersey at the hotel where I do my conventions at. So... I just, I literally, I mean, back then, I mean, I do now too, but back then, I had like a, a, a black, like a, a black book of everyone's phone numbers, like even like celebrity people. Like I just, some way, somehow, got all these phone numbers when I was younger. So I just started, uh, you know, I just started calling everyone that was in WrestleMania 1 and started booking them to the point where I had like, now I had like almost 20 guys booked. I mean, airfares and all over the place. Like, I, 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 honestly, I didn't have, and I think I might have even told the story years uh, on the past podcast or somewhere I didn't have the money to pay I didn't have the money to pay for it uh, I just knew that it was going to be freaking awesome because it's it's an it's and back then listen back then there wasn't a million there was no WrestleCon back then uh, there, there was just there wasn't anything even like that like WrestleMania weekend so like, I it, I did it the day before I just knew it was going to draw and sure enough I mean it was probably my most successful convention I ever had it was the day before WrestleMania 20 and I had 18 guys from the first WrestleMania uh, there. Uh, now the screen all over to what you're saying, like he probably just knew, like he he was cutting edge, Vince. So look at that. Look at he's doing something that's never been done before. He's getting wrestling on MTV now. And MTV in 1985, I mean, 
it's the hottest thing going, right? Right. So you got that. You got Cindy Lauper, who is one of the biggest pop stars of of her time at that time. You have Mr. T, who's on the most popular TV show on television. You have all these different celebrities: The Rockettes, Liberace, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali. So you have all these different big figures from all these different avenues of entertainment, you put them all together and it's a formula for success. He probably knew. You look at it right now, right? It's like, now we're older and we can look back in that and like, I, and me as a promoter, I say that's a, that's a can't miss, that's a can't miss thing. So I'm sure that he probably knew it was going to be, much like I knew that doing a convention the day before WrestleMania 20 would be a, a good idea. So he probably, he probably knew it was going to work. He probably bet everything he had on it. Uh, and luckily for all of us, it was a, a big success because if it wasn't, who knows if we would even be on this uh, call right now talking about uh, WrestleMania. If, if it failed, who knows if there would even be a wrestling uh, the way it is right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, who knows if there would be wrestling as large as it is? Who knows if there would be something like an 80s wrestling con? Because it all sprung from this granddaddy of them all, the event to end all events took place in 1985, the original WrestleMania. And just this weekend, we'll be celebrating, what, WrestleMania 39. So it's been off and running for almost four decades, which is quite the accomplishment for anything, much less, much less an event of this magnitude. We're going to keep this conversation rolling by jumping into the slam line. Up first, from Chico, California, Babyface Brian. Good morning, Babyface Brian. It's WrestleMania weekend. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Hey, uh, I want to uh, say how happy I am. I got my uh, tickets for 80s Wrestling Con. I got the plane tickets. I got the hotel lined up. So I'm uh, I'm all set for 37 days away at uh, 80s Wrestling Con. I think I'm more excited about that than, I'm at, uh, than I am about WrestleMania this weekend. So. Tommy, that's better, all I want to hear, brother. I love that. You better warn New Jersey. Babyface Brian is flying out. I sure am, and uh, one real cool thing is I signed up for the uh, WrestleMania photo op with uh, Wendy Richter and Leilani Kai, so uh, that might be the second biggest draw on that card with Cindy Lauper's in- involvement in the event. Uh, a lot of eyes were drawn to WrestleMania because of Cindy Lauper, and so it's pretty special to be able to get that photo op with uh, Wendy Richter and Leilani Kai, and uh, along with that, I get to... Uh, uh, meet up with. Uh, I'm looking forward to purchasing the uh, the photo op while I'm there to meet the guy that hit the finisher of the main event, Cowboy Bob Orton. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And, and and I was to make mention of this on today's episode since it is about WrestleMania One. We're making a really cool photo op at '80s Wrestling Con, Jumpin' Jay, where uh, fans can actually take a picture with Wendy Richter and. Milani Kai together, I'm going to get a WrestleMania banner, the original WrestleMania banner, and, and, and use it as a backdrop. Uh, it's a cool photo op to have an opportunity to be in a picture with an actual match from the first WrestleMania. So anyone that actually buys a VIP admission ticket for that, now in advance for the convention, by the way, it, it's $30 in advance. And if you're buying tickets the day of, it's $40 for admission. However, in advance of you, for $50, you get a VIP, and that includes a mission and a photo op with Wendy Richter and Lilani Kai together. That's going to be the, the VIP photo op this year. Last year, we did Tito and Greg together. This year, we're going to do Wendy and Lilani Kai together. So, yeah, it's going to be a cool opportunity 
uh, to take a, a picture with the Machos in the first ever WrestleMania. Also, uh, Babyface Brian, since you are going to be in New Jersey, uh, it will be your first ever ISPW event uh, live that you'll be attending. I'm sure you're looking forward to that as well. I am. I actually got uh, front row seats, so I'm uh, I'm super excited to see that as well. It's going to be a hell of a day, May 6th, and uh, and I'll be there a few days early. I'll I'll see you guys for lunch on May 4th. But uh, but yeah, with uh, the first WrestleMania one, uh, you you summed it up great. I mean, Roddy Piper. I think as many people were there to see Roddy Piper get his butt kicked as were there to see Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Uh, what a guy to uh, lead the uh, the charge of uh, driving fans to the arena and driving fans to closed circuit. Um, Tommy, you've told a story before, but I'd love to hear it again. Uh, uh, you, you said that I, I know for WrestleMania two, Roddy Piper was in your neighborhood, but you didn't get to go see him train for the uh, the boxing match. Um, but were you uh, were you watching on closed circuit, or uh, uh, did you catch it on VHS like I did? I went to a video rental store, and uh, I saw WrestleMania two the summer of '86, and the first VHS rental tape I got, I believe, was uh, WrestleMania at our local video store that uh, a, a section with all wrestling tapes. I'm guessing that's how and Jay probably saw WrestleMania was on VHS at a rental store. But, Tommy, I think you got into wrestling a little before us. Were you watched on closed circuit? I was. Actually, WrestleMania 2 was – I had just missed WrestleMania 1, so I became a fan uh, in, I believe it was September, August or September of 1985, because the first show I ever attended was September 85 at William Patterson College in Wayne, New Jersey, which is actually the next town over from me. They used to do WWF, you know, C shows there back in the day. But they also did uh, the WrestleManias on, on closed-circuit TV there. So I remember seeing WrestleMania 2 there, 3, 4, and 5. So I was there for WrestleMania 2. And uh, like I said, I believe I told this story in the past, too. I remember, you know, just, you know, I was so excited that the British Bulldogs won the tag team titles against the Dream Team. I was like crying. I was so I was so happy as a little kid. Um, but yeah, that Piper story, real quickly. So I lived when I was a kid. I lived in Patterson, New Jersey, and maybe where I lived at five blocks away was Lou Duva's boxing gym. And at the time, uh, Piper was legitimately training for this boxing match with. with uh, with uh, Mr. T. At least he was going there and filming vignettes and stuff like that. So uh, it was actually in Totowa where I do my, you know, my, my ISW shows at one of my locations. And I remember all the kids in the neighborhood were running around saying, you know, Mr. T, you know, I mean, not Mr. T, I'm Monty Piper's at, at, uh, at the box gym. So I don't know what happened. My mom and dad wouldn't let me go for some reason. And I remember like an hour later, all the kids came back with autographs and pictures. I was, I still hold a grudge to this day with my parents for not letting me go. I don't know what I did wrong. I must have been, I must have been a bad boy, Jumpin' Jay. I couldn't go meet Hot Rod. I never want to meet him. He's my all-time favorite, so. Yeah, that's my uh, almost-met-Roddy Piper story. And he was he was my my all-time favorite as well. But, uh, but yeah, as far as the video stories, that was a magical thing back then to, to be able to go to the video store and rent a tape. And like I say, I believe – they had the poster of WrestleMania one up uh, in that section. And I was drawn to that, of course, after seeing WrestleMania two. And I, like I said, I think that was the first wrestling tape I rented was WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania. And, 
and that was that was a great experience. So I'm guessing then that's probably how both of you saw it too, is going to the video store and renting it, right? That is absolutely how I saw it. Uh, back in 1985, I was still too young to really be aware of what was going on. And even if I saw it, I don't think I'd have any real lasting memories of, of seeing it uh, around that time. But yeah, the first time I saw it, picked up the cassette uh, at the local rental store, which, I mean, we could have a whole show about how sad it is that there's no longer that place where you can go and peruse the aisle and see all these magnificent covers of VHS tapes uh, to pique your interest. But yeah, that's exactly how I saw it. And Tommy, I'm sure that's how you saw it as well. And of course, we could uh, go see a bunch of wrestling covers. If uh, I'm going to have to check out the wrestling collector, how many VHS tapes do you have there now? Uh, I got probably three or four hundred. I got tons of uh, tons of old Coliseum videos, some old WCWs in there, some old NWAs in there. We got a little bit of everything. But uh, well, we, that- we, we, what I'll do. What I'll do is I'll lock up. I'll lock up early the night before you're coming because I know that you said you're coming with twenty five thousand uh, dollars, Big Fish Brian. So I want to make sure I have ample amount of uh, merchandise for you. You know. Uh, excellent, excellent, awesome guys. Hey, uh, I'm sure you got some other guys uh, that would like to talk to you as well. But um, but yeah, I would. I had a poll recently that was asking which of the uh, matches between the main event at WrestleMania one and the main event of WrestleMania three, which one was uh, more significant in the rise to prominence of the WWF and the demise of the territories. And uh, and the WrestleMania three Hulk Andre ended up winning like 62% to 38%. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm on the side of WrestleMania one. That was make or break. And uh, having Mr. T and uh, Hulk and Roddy and everybody in there, this, Mr. Wonderful, I think that one was, was truly the, uh, the thing that, that, gave them the biggest boost of any match ever, the most important match in history. So great topic for the Absolutely. day. Um, and uh, hey, I will let you guys talk quickly, to before you. Yes, you go, before you go real quickly, I, I was going to tell Jay this, but just a lot. So after Brian comes up here, Babyface Brian comes up and he comes to the wrestling collector and spends some money and he goes to the 80s wrestling con and spends some money. We're going we're gonna to change his name, Jumpin' Jay. After, after he comes up to New Jersey, he's going to now be referred to as Billionaire Brian. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'll be able to live that one down. I, I think I'll have to stick with Babyface. <laughs> hey, man, enjoy yeah. your WrestleMania weekend out there in California, brother. You guys, too. Thanks so much. And, uh, again, can't wait to see you guys in 37 days. Uh, actually, a couple days before that at lunch. So 35 days till then and 37 days till WrestleCon. Uh, have a great WrestleMania weekend, you too. Thanks so much. Hey, you too, Brian. Thank you. So, Tommy, before we jump into the next call, I was looking at the match list here in front of me, and I could be mistaken, but just going off of what my own brain tells me, you were talking about a photo op between Wendy Richter uh, and Eleni Kai, one of the matches from WrestleMania 1. I believe, looking at the nine matches, there's only two matches where both participants, or all participants, I should say, are still with us. And so it's becoming a very rare thing to get a photo from with participants of a match from WrestleMania one. So that is a very cool opportunity you're giving fans. Yeah, man, I just try and do different things. I mean, like I said earlier, uh, everyone and their mother does conventions now, uh, not only in this area, but all throughout the United States, you know? So like you got to try and make it different and unique. Like that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm doing pro wrestling karaoke and I can't wait jumping Jay to hear you uh, bust a, bust a rhyme or two there for that. Uh, we're doing uh, pro wrestling 
Family Feud, which would be super cool. Pro Wrestling Jeopardy. How cool is that going to be, Pro Wrestling Jeopardy? Um, you know, and then photo ops, you know, Feud of the 80s, like I said, with Wendy and Milani Kai, and then Demolition and Powers of Pain, you get to get photo up with those two teams together. Uh, Magnum TA and, and Nikita Koloff, a rare opportunity to get in a photo with those two guys at a classic feud in the 80s as well. So, I mean, they're just trying to do you know, different things and make it unique. And within the next week or so, I'll probably, you know, send out another press release uh, for the event with the timeline of, of events throughout the day and all different activities and stuff like that. But, yeah, we, I tried to make it, like I said in the past, I tried to make it more of a fan festival than just an autograph session, you know? And as someone who's attended it, we appreciate that because it is like a love letter to the world of pro wrestling. As a fan, we greatly appreciate the event you put on. Today, we're talking about the event that started it all, WrestleMania 1. Next up on the Slam line, our good friend, Firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning. Happy WrestleMania weekend, my friend. Happy WrestleMania, the the Christmas of wrestling fans. Absolutely. How are you guys? Doing very well, sir. How are you doing? Can't complain. Can't complain. So, uh, hey, listen, before we get to WrestleMania, I got a, a few questions for you guys. Quick ones, those. Though. First and foremost, Tommy, how did Friday and Saturday night go last week? Oh, it was awesome, man. I was actually going to talk about um, I was gonna talk about the ISW show later in the episodes. I guess I'll, I'll make mention of it now real quick, and then we'll, we'll jump back to you and talk a little bit about uh, WrestleMania one from nineteen eighty five, which I would definitely want to get your thoughts on. But yeah, it was it was a great show, man. We it was uh, it was a fundraiser. And it was a benefit for a local family in town, Brian. As you know, and, and Brian, by the way, jumping Jay, Brian had sent me a message. This is how great of a, a guy Brian is. He wanted to donate uh, to the family, even though he couldn't uh, be there this past weekend, which was really really kind of you, and I greatly appreciate that. But yeah, it was a great show, man. It, uh, the main event was uh, it was a it was a, actually a, a, a triple main event. We had three big matches that the fans were anticipating. One was a, a blindfold match with uh, Vicious Vicky and Tina San Antonio, which the crowd just absolutely ate up. It, it's really rare that you see, you know, uh, two girls. It's really rare to see a blindfold match in general. Never mind two women in a in a blindfold match and the outside interference of Maven at the end added to the anticipation of that match. That was really, really good. And then uh, Crowbar, who is absolutely timeless, like he says he is, uh, he went one-on-one with Rick Recon. The guys tore the house down, had a fantastic match. Uh, Rick Recon actually picked up the win on this one. Now, uh, both of those matches, they had such great feedback. We're bringing both back on April the 14th, and it's going to be uh, ISPW Rage in the Cage. It's going to be Rick Recon against Crowbar and also Tina San Antonio against Vicious Vicky in a women's steel cage match. Again, that's April 14th, and the main event on that one will be for the ISPW heavyweight title. Bull James will put the title on the line with Maven in his corner against Gangrel. So, I mean, that's a really stacked card. And, and then also we just announced just now on our ISPW Wrestling social media, uh, the ISPW tag team titles are actually vacant right now because Crowbar and his partner did not send the titles in the last 90 days because Crowbar has been on a tear as far as a, a singles competitor goes. So it's going to be a triple threat for the ISPW tag team titles with the now, the Silk City Kings, 
and the new Graysons. So I'm really looking forward. I'm sorry, the new backseats. I'm really looking forward to that match as well. Uh, yesterday was actually 150 days, Trump uh, and Jay, that Bull James has been the ISPW heavyweight champion. Now, that's a, in, in, in this day and age in 2023, for someone to hold the, the belt for 150 days on an independent level, uh, and that, that's, that's, that's saying something, especially because we're running, you know, at least once or twice a month as well. So he's been very successful holding that belt. My question to you, Jumpin' Jay, is anyone going to take that title from Bull James? I don't think anyone's going to take that title from Bull James anytime soon. I think that 150-day reign is very respectable. It's quite the accomplishment, but I don't think he's anywhere near the end of that streak. It's arresting. Very interesting. And uh, l- let me uh, let me just ask you, uh, Tommy. Um, it sounds like it, well, you said not every day you see a blindfold match. It's not every day you see a blindfold match that the crowd eats up like you said they was. So uh, that's a very successful show. And uh, and how did the uh, the Super Eight go? Oh, it was, I'll tell you what, it was, it, it was, it felt good to be at a wrestling show, not um, running around and, like, doing when it had cut off. So, yeah I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I also, actually, last month also, I went to uh, an outlaw wrestling show in New York. They do a really good job as well, and my buddy Bull's a part of that. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool to uh, to be able to go to the shows and not have to run around, like, like even like at my shows, like I don't really even get a time to even like sit and talk to my talent because I'm like running around like crazy. So like last week, for example, Bull came to the Wrestling Collector for our, our uh, two-year anniversary, and I mean, I me and him talk on the phone all the time. We, we've been friends forever, but it, it was cool to not be running around. I can just actually sit there and bullshit with him for a little bit. But yeah, I I I, I wish you know I, I I and I saw some talent there also at the Super Eight that I really liked that I'll probably be one of bringing in in the future. So, yeah, I mean, I like, I don't really do it, but maybe a little bit more often I'll start going to some of these local shows just to, just to eye up new talent. Absolutely. They're always good to go to. I mean, it's good to see the independent starting to make a resurgence. Unfortunately, uh, here around Long Island, the wrestling scene has kind of uh, went to sleep the past several years. You know, we really haven't had a hot, independent circuit in way too long and uh you know now that the coliseum is pretty much gone it's now ub we the ubs that everybody book shows at you know uh wrestling i mean the, the wrestling fans the wrestling community is still here but not much going on around here um so hopefully you know that the resurgence going on in jersey and around the country you know comes to uh, new york and long island and um, and let me um, and let me let me ask you. Like, know, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to call in last week because I was going to ask this. Is there a way for people that couldn't go to the show or even that did go to the show and want to donate more to help this family out? I mean, is there? Uh, do they have anything? Is there a way that we can, uh, you know, donate to this family and this cause? I believe they do have a GoFundMe page, and I'll get that information over to you. I appreciate I appreciate you asking about that. Absolutely, because, uh, you know, listen, it doesn't take a firefighter to sympathize with these people. You know, when I read the story, it was just uh, horrifying. 
And uh, but I can say, as a firefighter, every dollar helps. So uh, every dollar you can give, even if you just give one, two dollars, that's one dollar less than they have to worry about. So anything you can help, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a useless donation. So uh, anything anybody can do to help, uh, you know, this poor family, you know, it's uh, it's it's it, it helps. I can tell you that for a fact as a firefighter. So uh, now let me uh, ask you, I uh, wanted to ask you this this week, and, and you brought up the topic. Um, you said how you, uh, WrestleMania 20 weekend, you started, you know, a, a, the WrestleCon, okay? Was that the beginning of, because nowadays, every year when there's WrestleMania, the city that it's taking place in, has, there's, it's a whole week. I mean, you got indie shows, you got conventions, you got signings, you got appearances, you got all sorts of stuff. I mean, the, the, the wrestlers take over the city. Would you say that was the beginning of it? Yeah, how dare, how dare all these people steal my idea that I stole, for John, that I stole from John Arezzi? How dare they do that? Well, how could they do that? You should have copyrighted it, pal. If I'm your friend, I got to be honest with you. You should have patented it, hey, listen, pal. Man. Hey, listen, they, 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 it's, it's not a big deal. Listen, it's not a big deal. I, 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 I think I'm okay. I have the 80s wrestling social media network that has over a million, uh, a million followers. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too, uh, too upset about it. But, yeah, man, I mean, they, they had the idea before me about, you know, taking it around every year for WrestleMania. So I'm, not, I'm definitely not a hater, man. My, my hat's off to them. They, they make a million dollars. But, uh yeah, it all started for, I believe it was, the, me doing that tribute to WrestleMania 21 back in 2004. That was actually, I believe, the first year also they brought back the WWF Hall of Fame. Fame. It was, yep. I also, because yep. I, remember, I remember I had to deal with WWF. It's funny. I had to deal with WWF a few times on that because if you look back at that class of 2004, I had a few of those guys the day before at my convention, so I actually had to – this is a really funny story. I actually had to uh, arrange – oh, here, here, here it was. Like, they want – WWF wound up flying them in. So I, don't, I believe I didn't have to pay for it uh, for, like, three or four guys, so they, they needed them in. They were going to bring them anyway. And then – so they knew – this is the funny thing. They knew about my tribute to WrestleMania 1 convention because – I think three or four guys were on my convention the day before. And then the day before my, or two days before my tribute to WrestleMania 1, I get a certified letter in the mail. I open it up, and it's from WWE, a cease and desist, and I'm using the WrestleMania name. And I'm like, well, it's too late now. You know, it's like my, it's just two days away. So I, just, I crumbled it up and threw it in the garbage and still did it. But, um they had to have known about it because I had guys there. But yeah, I believe that was the first year. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the first year they did the Hall of Fame too. So yeah, it could have been the could have been the kickoff to some. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a picture of that poster. I'm gonna post it on the '80s wrestling social media pages today. '80s wrestling con as well. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Absolutely. And uh, what what last? So I've been wondering this. If there's anybody I know who would know the answer, it could be you at being a promoter. Now it's known that if a match from any pay-per-view, not just from any pay-per-view, gets cut because of time restraints, the wrestlers still get the pay-per-view bonus because it's of no fault of their own. 
Now, in a situation like Bobby Lashley's, when he was going to go up against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania this year, the match got scrapped because Bray Wyatt, you know, went back to being Bray Wyatt, okay? Does Lashley still get the WrestleMania bonus, or is it just uh, wrong, uh, wrong place at the wrong time? Bad luck. Listen, brother, I don't work in the accounting firm for WWE, so I'm not quite sure about that one. All right. That's fair. <laughs> but, well, uh, that's that, taking us counting. I'm just uh, wondering how, uh, you know, how that works. But, uh, all right, because this is an interesting uh, situation when you think about it. But, um, you know, and I'll just end with this because I'm sure you got some callers um, to, t- to talk about, you know, the, uh, the original WrestleMania. You know, it, what's interesting about it is I'm willing, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think a lot of fans started watching around the Attitude Era or around the Ruthless Aggression Era or in the 2010s or whatever would find WrestleMania 1 almost, if not unwatchable, because it's just it, it just got so much bigger. You know, fans of today aren't used to what we're used to. When we watch that stuff, we love it because that's really how wrestling should be. In a in a smaller, more intimate setting, in a place like the Garden, where the fans were always going crazy, okay. And it was a what I loved about it. Uh, one thing that does stand the test of time is that I've talked about this before. Keenan Monsoon is the greatest commentating team of all time. Number two, in my opinion, Monsoon Ventura. Mm-hmm. They were fantastic, and they are completely on point on this show. And but the, the, another interesting thing about WrestleMania, I want to get your take on this, guys. I there's really no match that really stands out as like a great timeless match that still holds up today. There's no like really, you know. The best match on the card, it's hard to say. It's really hard to tell. I would probably say the main event because of its significance. You know, when um, Muhammad Ali, Pat Patterson, may rest in peace, tells the story, Ali was supposed to be the inside referee. Then before the show, Patterson was going over the match with them. They said, Vince, you know, he's not able to ref this match. He could be the outside referee, and that's how Pat Patterson became the inside referee. When I, when Ali charged the ring in the middle of the match, the crowd went nuts. And you mm-hmm. had a lot of big, not only names at the time, but names of all time. Ali, you know, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson is the greatest fighter of all time. But if you had to put a statue of a boxer in front of the Hall of Fame, it would be Ali, one of the biggest pop culture icons out of sports. You had Liberace. Big star, a lot of people wouldn't know who Liberace is, but big star at the time. Cindy Lauper, the Rockets, Billy Martin, the manager of the Yankees. And um, I will, and I'll end with this. You know what? It, it's cool that you know the two biggest celebrities in the history of wrestling, Andy Kaufman, Cindy Lauper. Okay, mm-hmm. they're finally putting Andy Kaufman in the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. But to have a, a celebrity, and the Celebrity Hall of Fame is a joke in and of itself. Vince mm-hmm. just started it in '04 because Pete Rose wrote a book saying that he, uh, admitting, finally admitting that he bet on baseball. Vince put two and two together, found a way to cash in on it. And now Mm -hmm. we have this celebrity Hall of Fame. So the whole thing was a joke to begin with. 
But the fact that you're going to have a celebrity Hall of Fame and not have her in there, well, why do we have a Hall of Fame? You know? So uh, so that's uh, really uh, where I stand on this. What would you guys say was the best match of WrestleMania 1? You know, I think you raise a very good point that today's fan, if you, if you were born after 85, maybe never watched wrestling, got into it during the Attitude Era, there is nothing that jumps out on this card, like you said, that stands the test of time. There is no Steamboat Savage match from WrestleMania 1. There is no uh, timeless match, like you said, and it is very old-school wrestling. There is not yep. any real high-flying, not... The pomp and circumstance from 1985 does not compare to the pomp and circumstance of 2023. It just doesn't. And so there's really nothing that jumps off the card. And the runtime of WrestleMania 1 is a little over two hours. It's about 136 minutes. Of that, about an hour of it is wrestling. Everything else is everything else. And so for a two-hour show, for a, for a two-and-a-half-hour show to have about an hour's worth of wrestling as a wrestling fan it probably would be hard to go back and rewatch it if you didn't have the nostalgia factor. Like you said, I think the main event is what people carry from WrestleMania 1 because of its significance, because of its involvement in pop culture, and because the superstars involved in the main event, Hulk Hogan, Orndorff, Piper, huge names in the world Hello. of wrestling. Hello. Uh, absolutely. Hello. And, uh, Hello. well, what's it? Well, what's First go, of all, let me say hello to all the oh, wrestling fans all around the Iron world. Sheik. Go ahead, Iron Sheik. Shut the <laughs> fuck up! <laughs> I am the Road Wrestling Federation Chuck. I am the AAU Gold uh. Medal Chuck. Enough of this fucking bullshit! A firefighter, poor much fucking talking, motherfucker! Uh. Uh, oh, Jay, how blessed are we? No the Iron Sheik. No, oh, he's still here. All right. Yeah, it's like his a... Hall of Fame induction. He won't stop. But uh, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I'll just end with, and, and you know what? It's easy to forget today, guys. But Wendy no Richter. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Gentlemen, always a pleasure. No more questions. Thank you, Firefighter Brian, for helping me put up with uh, Tommy Sheik here. It's, he's a tough interview. It, it, it's, my, it's my pleasure. And let me just say, guys, it's easy to forget how Brian, big a man you Wendy Richter was. Wrestling collector, Mr. Today, for the WrestleMania. I will break your fucking back and put you in the camera crush. Oh, I'll take you fucking on the head. Off the rails. <laughs> All, All right, Found in the wrestling collector in the Hardyston, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. Guys, have a good one. I'll talk to you next week, I hope. You too. Bless you, sir. Uh, oh, man, wow. that Iron Sheik will sneak up on listen, you. I can't believe he, he came in for, uh, I, I guess it is WrestleMania weekend. We're on the road to WrestleMania. I, I think the Sheik was, uh, was getting a little bit. <laughs> A little bit perturbed after uh, after uh, firefighter Brian's twelve questions, so he got a little uh, perturbed there. Sorry about that. Oh, I, I thought it was because I, I didn't mention his match from WrestleMania one as being the one that is stands the test of time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I tell you what, one match I did like, and we'll see uh, what the next caller thinks. 
the uh, $10,000 body slam challenge was, was a fun one with Andre the Giant and Big John Studd. Yeah, anytime you got two big boys stepping between the ropes, because both these guys were, you know, now we have, we've seen big wrestlers. We are kind of used to seeing big wrestlers. But back then, big wrestlers were an attraction, something that you had to pay to see, that you didn't get to see every day on your television. So it's Andre and Big John Stud go toe-to-toe in the $15,000 body slam challenge. was, yeah, a spectacle. And that match lasted roughly six minutes. None of the matches on the card went very long. The longest was the main event at about 13 and a half minutes. Uh, So not a whole lot of wrestling in this two and a half hour event, but it had some spectacles. It had the main event. It had Andre, it had stud. And we have the only self-proclaimed five-star caller waiting in the ring wings to weigh in on WrestleMania one. Total with Tom. Good morning, sir. Jumping Jim, Tommy, I have to keep it down. I am in a closet at the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Total with Tom has breaking news for you guys. Oh, I'm all ears. I'm leaning you in. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. So last night, down at the, uh, at the bar area, um, it was announced that Gangrel is been, he's now been added on to the WrestleCon show, which is at the Biltmore Hotel all week. But he's also potentially going to appear in the brood for WrestleMania. And I say this because, Tommy, you're going to have him in only a couple of weeks on April 14th. How great would it be to have a superstar from the WWE on your show at ISPW two weeks after being in the greatest WrestleMania of all time? Well, I mean, obviously that would be <laughs> that would be great. I mean, anytime that someone pops back up on TV that's an independent guy and gets a little TV rub, especially at WrestleMania, that would be absolutely fantastic. And trust me, I, I've 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 heard the rumors too. I, I actually spoke to him. He said they're not true, but again, that could be him just holding his cards tightly to his vest, you know. So, but yeah, man, I obviously if that happened. I'd be fucking head over hills happy because I'd have him two weeks later and, and, and what better guy to have him against than the ISPW heavyweight champion, Bull James. Now, now Tom, I know you're a huge Bull James fan, and Bull James is uh, an avid listener to the show. He might be listening right now. What do you have to say for Gangrel going up against Bull James? And, and, and your take, because you've been to all the ISPW shows, uh, Bull yesterday celebrating 150 days as the ISPW heavyweight champion. Make sure your life insurance is paid up. As a matter of fact, don't show up because Bull James is not stopping. He is going to destroy everyone and anyone who comes after that ISPW heavyweight championship. Now, guys, I just came out of the closet, okay? I'm in my hotel room now because my uh, my friend woke up. Thank you. My friend just woke up, so I'm going to be able to talk a little bit more freely now. Um, I have uh, an answer to Fireman uh, Brian, his question about payoffs at WrestleMania. So last night we were at the uh, Not Slamamania that Sam Roberts does, and that an X-Pac was a panelist, and they said to him, how does it feel to have your 10-man tag team match pulled from WrestleMania 10? He said it was horrible. You know, my wife's in the crowd. I didn't realize it was going to happen. You know, the Michaels and Razor Ramon match went too long, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can't fault it. It was the greatest match maybe of all time. But he said what happened was the following night in Poughkeepsie, New York, on Raw, they had the match, and he got a $10,000 payoff. So they did do him right. That, that's It's good to know that they did him right back then. I'm wondering, now with the network, is there even – is there even such thing as a WrestleMania bonus? Because I'm assuming they're not getting as much money from, you know, pay-per-views now that they have the network. Do they still get a wrestling uh, a bonus for big events? You asking me? I don't know. I'm just asking sure, the world. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm assuming that they they probably do, especially like a. For something like WrestleMania, you know, uh, it's different. I don't know if this is the WWE Network, but, um, I mean, I'm sure the payoffs are, are, are much better than a, a regular pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Tony, you mentioned earlier about WrestleMania 1, what sold it, and you were absolutely right. It was the main event, which had the hottest feud going on between Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Piper, and it was also about the celebrities. But if you take a look at WrestleMania 1, and I know Jumping Jim has a, the uh, – Roll call in front of him. That was no different, aside from the main event, right? That was no different than any other monthly card at Madison Square Garden. There was even a couple of squash matches on there. So I always find that interesting that it was the celebrities and it was the lure of Cindy Lauper and Mr. T and Rowdy Piper and Hulk Hogan that made WrestleMania what it is today. Yeah, and you talk about squash matches. One, one thing that really stands out, you look back at that lineup, when King Kong Bundy beat S.D. Jones in nine seconds, I mean, I think that really put Bundy on the map at, at, that, at that time, you know, doing that. Well, it's raining here in downtown Los Angeles. Um, it's not going to stop us from having a great WrestleMania week. I want to wish everyone at 80s Wrestling and ISPW Wrestling and 80s Wrestling Podcast a very happy, happy WrestleMania week. If I have any other late-breaking stories, I'll be sure to let you know, Tommy. Thank you, brother. Have a great time out there, man. And thank you for repping your ISPW shirt out there. I saw you posted a picture last night. That's awesome. You got it. All right, man. Hey, Jumpin' Jay, before we take the last call, real quickly, I want to make mention of today's episode is flying by, and we're having unexpected guests like Tommy Sheik returning from WrestleMania week here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Seems like he had a little bit of a problem with firefighter Brian. I wonder if that can come to a head at 80s Wrestling Con. But this Saturday, night one, <laughs> excuse me, of WrestleMania, we're going to be actually having a WrestleMania party at the Wrestling Collector. This Saturday, uh, you can come watch WrestleMania with former WWE Tough Enough champion Maven. You can get an autograph picture, a photo with him, a question and answer session. You're going to have pizza, snacks, and soda and water. It'll be 50 bucks a person. Includes all that. We're also going to have the contract signing for the ISPW heavyweight title match for our big event following 80s Wrestling Con, Rock and Wrestling, with Bull James defending the title against Rick Recon in this match. It will be Maven and Dave LaGreca handcuffed to each other. Legendary referee Earl Hettner will be the special referee for this match. And New York Giant Super Bowl champion Jay Alfred will be the outside the ring enforcer. We're signing the contract for this. This Saturday, we'll make sure we have it taped and air it on our 80s Wrestling Con and ISPW social media platforms, WrestleMania weekend. 
Well, it sounds to me like if you can't be at WrestleMania, the best place to be is at the Wrestling Collector, watching WrestleMania with Maven. The contract signing. That's a heck of a that's a heck of a thing you got going on, Tommy. That's a great idea. Yeah, man. Plus the WrestleFest arcade game will be here. You can play some WrestleFest on WrestleMania weekend. We got tons of LJNs currently in stock, brand new on the card. Hundreds of Coliseum videos. We have literally thousands of wrestling magazines. So uh, kick off your WrestleMania weekend at the Wrestling Collector on Route 23. Stockholm, New Jersey, tonight, Thursday, will be open till 7 p.m. Tomorrow as well, 7 p.m. And then obviously it will be open uh, all day and all night for WrestleMania on Saturday. And then Sunday will be open as well. So, yeah, WrestleMania, even though it's in California, we'll still be celebrating it here in New Jersey this weekend, big time. That's right. From coast to coast, we're celebrating WrestleMania. We got one last caller calling from Long Island to talk about WrestleMania 1 and maybe get some predictions for WrestleMania 39. Let's welcome Joe to the show. Joe, good morning. Happy WrestleMania weekend. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, Jay. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, brother. Good, man. How are you? Good, good. It's been a while since I uh, called, but I do listen every week just with my uh, with work. You know, it's tough to actually uh, have the time to call in, but uh, I enjoy it every week. So uh, I am still listening every week. Awesome, um, man. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, before I get to WrestleMania, obviously most of the points uh, were already brought up by the other callers, uh, but I did want to just say I will once again be at uh, 80s Wrestling Con. Uh, I haven't missed one yet, so I'm looking forward to that May 6th. And uh, just from my, you know, my own personal perspective, uh, what I like most about uh, these events, Tommy, is uh, I personally like seeing a lot of the guys, a lot of the talent that don't show up to a lot of conventions that you don't get to see often. Not to take anything away from from guys like Bret Hart and and uh, and, and others at the at the convention that do the circuit. But I mean, seeing guys like the Beverly brothers, like Dory Funk, like David Schultz, even Mario Mancini, seeing talent like that, who don't really do these things so often, that's, that's what really draws me. And I love to see these guys because you're probably not going to have an opportunity to see them again. You know, I'll tell you what, man, I, I really enjoy that feedback and, and I appreciate you coming to all the events so far to check them all out, man. It's, it's great to, to get firsthand feedback like that because you're not the only person that has told me that. Like, even though, you know, Brett's the headliner, you know, a lot of people are excited that Dory Funk's going to be here because Dory Funk hasn't been up this way in a, a really long time. So, yeah, man, thank you for that feedback. And, and again, thank you so much for uh, coming to all the conventions in the past. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and as the show winds down here, I know you have a few more minutes, but just wanted to give my two cents on uh, the original Mania uh, it, it'll always hold a special place in my heart just because it was the first event that I saw, uh, that I saw the complete show of, uh, when I was a kid, uh, like the previous callers were saying, I did see it on VHS. Um, and it is something that, you know, as I get older, I'm in my mid forties now, but as I get older, more and more fans today, I realize weren't watching wrestling at that time. They're, they're not old enough. Um, and it's kind of shocking to me. I, I kind of have to take a step back when I realize that people weren't around for the Hulk Hogan era or the original Hogan era back in the mid-'80s. Um, mm-hmm. And while from an in-ring standpoint, 
like you said, it's not the greatest show. Um, it just didn't have to be. Um, it'll still always be my favorite WrestleMania just because it was that first one, and there's just something about it um, from the commentating, from the matches, uh, from seeing seeing the celebrities. Uh, you know, I don't think any match, I, don't, I think only two matches went over 10 minutes. Uh, I think it was the main event, and I think Beefcake and, and David San Martino might have went over 10. But other than that, I think you had like pretty much five-minute matches. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty glaring when you look at what WrestleMania has become, where fans are expecting, you know, 30-minute classics, uh, high-flying matches where where every risk imaginable can be taken, whereas this show didn't have any of that, but it didn't need it. It had the gimmicks, it had the great talent of the 80s, it had the celebrities, and that's, that's really all you needed, you know, at that time to, to get everybody excited. And just to say something about the celebrities, I think another thing that it, it can't be stressed enough is while we talked about the celebrities and that was a big part of it, I don't think people realize how big Mr. T was at that point. He was mm-hmm. the, I don't even know, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to say, but nowadays I don't even know who the equivalent of a, of a top action star in 2023 would be. But he was so big at that time, there probably was no one bigger. There was no celebrity bigger than Mr. T. And on the flip side, Cindy Lauper, that's like in 2023, if WWE booked uh, Taylor Swift or, or Beyonce at WrestleMania, I mean, she was just as big as Madonna uh, at that point, which is pretty big. Uh, so, I mean, having those two celebrities, it just can't be stressed enough. That was just so humongous. Uh, you know, now they have uh, uh, Bad Bunny and... Logan Paul and people like that, which I guess from from today's standpoint are big celebrities, but nothing compared to uh, what those two were uh, in 1985. That, that that's a very good point. Mr. T was the the it celebrity uh, as far as action heroes at that time. And what's funny is as you were talking about, you don't know who maybe the comparable movie star is now to Mr. T. Ironically, it might be The Rock. Who started as a wrestler. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. These guys were at the height of pop culture. And so that the fact that not only Vince McMahon thought about getting them, but that he actually landed them, that got lots of eyes on the product. Absolutely. It it really, it it just can't be be said enough. And I mean, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a show that I still watch. Uh, Occasionally I'll, I'll put it on, um, you know, and watch it. It goes by pretty quickly. Um, You don't, you don't, you're not bothered by the fact that there's no quote unquote five star matches uh, on the show. It was just a great time. It was a great era for, for wrestling. And that actually, like I said, that was the first show I saw. I was, uh, I was at a friend's house probably like the month after it, uh, WrestleMania. And uh, I noticed we were playing ball outside. We went back into his house and I noticed the video cassette on his, on, on the table and I said, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's that WrestleMania thing that, that was out. And I really didn't know what it was. So we watched about half of it. And I went home and I told my parents, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, and I made them uh, go to the video store and get it the next weekend. I, if I remember correctly, I think it was not available for a few weeks. Because back then, you know, you had to wait for someone to return the videotape. Yep. They only had like one copy in the video store. and uh, And we got it. And then that's what pretty much just 
based my my childhood and what what launched me into a lifelong wrestling fandom and it was then when I I finally went to my first show which was just about a year later I went to my first show in March of 86 at the Garden uh it was a, a matinee show uh that was headlined by the British Bulldogs and the Dream Team uh six man tag I believe the Bulldogs and Albano against the Dream Team and Jimmy Valiant but, uh, yeah, and then it's, uh, the rest, as they say, is history because I've been a fan ever since. But, um, but yeah, I just think it's a great topic for, for WrestleMania weekend because, um, again, I think people that haven't seen, uh, obviously everybody listening to this podcast would have seen WrestleMania 1, but for fans, uh, newer fans, fans that maybe weren't around back then, they really should go back and watch it because it was, um, it was really the, the launch, the beginning of that, of that whole 80s rock and wrestling era and it just um it's pretty much where it all started uh where we are today that is very well said it is the place that started it all and there wouldn't be a wrestlemania 39 if there hadn't been a wrestlemania one and thank goodness for wrestling fans all the rest included that it was such a success absolutely absolutely Absolutely. hey man thank you so much for calling in and then again thank you so much for listening to the podcast every week. I'm glad you enjoy it. And uh, especially thank you so much for coming to all the past 80s wrestling cons and the one coming up on May 6th, man. If you get a, if you get a, a chance, be sure to ask someone to find me and Jay so we can say hello to you and say what's up to you, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I will definitely uh, seek you both out uh, in, uh, in May and I'm um, looking forward to it. It's real, with everything. Listen, it's yeah. real, it's, it's real easy to find us both. So for the, the handsomest guy in New Jersey, you'll, once you locate that, it'll be me. And then uh, the tallest man in the room, the tallest man in the room, that'll be Jay. So we're good Got, to it. Go. Got it. Note yeah, yourself. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hey, man, enjoy uh, have, have a great weekend. weekend enjoy bro. WrestleMania, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. Joe from Long Island, well-spoken wrestling fan. I like. We get lots of well-spoken wrestling fans on here, Tommy. I love it. Absolutely, man. I, I, and and I apologize again for Tommy Sheik. Uh, he, I've been keeping him in the closet for a while now. No pun intended. The total with Tom, but um, <laughs> he wanted to make an appearance for uh, WrestleMania week, and uh, I'm happy he did. And again, a happy uh, WrestleMania week to each and everyone out there listening. I hope everyone enjoys the events this weekend. Again, this Saturday. Uh, at the Wrestling Collector, Stockholm, New Jersey. You can watch WrestleMania with former WWE Tough Enough champion Maven. And uh, a little birdie told me that uh, former five-time ISPW champion Ace Darling is going to be in the house at the Wrestling Collector this Saturday. And I also know that the King of Rock, Rick Recon, will be in the house at the Wrestling Collector this Saturday. And so we're going to have a, a good old-fashioned WrestleMania party, Jumpin' Jay. And then uh, Sunday, uh, you know, Mama Fiera works the shop on Sunday. So I have my, my Sunday off, and I'm going uh, to watch WrestleMania with, with uh, our friends, the Stromboli Sisters. We're having a WrestleMania party on Sunday. And you'll get to meet the Stromboli Sisters, Jumpin' Jay, uh, at 80s WrestleCon. I, listen, I cannot wait to meet them. Uh, and I've heard rumors of Quake Burgers as well, and so I am just, uh, I'm just filled with anticipation. Um, 
And I'm very excited about the, the little rumor that Totowa Tom shared because I, I knew that Edge had hinted at a return to his dark roots. But, man, if Gangrel makes an appearance, that's, that's going to be something to see. So I'm excited now to tune in and check it out and see if the brood makes a return. I'll tell you what, man. I, that, in my opinion, that's the coolest theme song ever was the, that brood song. So I would have not even the fact that uh, he's on my show two weeks later. Obviously, I, I want him to be at WrestleMania, but – even, hurt. Even, yeah. even if he even if it, even if he even if he wasn't on my show, I'd absolutely love to see uh, the Brood entrance at WrestleMania, man. I think that would be a WrestleMania moment. I really, really do. So uh, it'd be interesting to see would pop. WrestleMania yeah. this weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns. That's the, the Sunday uh, main event. It, it, my it's too too late to give a rundown of all the matches, but I will. Pick a winner for the Cody Rhodes Roman Reigns match. If if I, if I was a betting man, uh, I would put everything I have on Roman Reigns retaining the WWE Undisputed Universal Title Ooh, this Sunday that's an at WrestleMania. Pick. That's an interesting pick. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Listen, here's the thing. He's 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 had the belt for so long, right? And I think that they're, you know, even though the thing with Sammy and now with Cody, I, the way they're portraying it now, I mean, the, the big climax is going to be when, when Solo uh, and, and, and Roman, you know, square off, I think. So, I mean, there's a lot more story to be told. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you have to give the title to Cody, why don't you wait till SummerSlam? Because if Cody gets fucked this weekend... Uh, it's only going to get the fans more behind Cody to want to see him win the big one. So uh, the, the the people are going to tune in for WrestleMania anyway. So if you if you give them a fuck finish and then have them have a title match at SummerSlam, the rematch, you know, it, it could be a, a highly anticipated return match. So that's what I would do if I was booking WrestleMania this Sunday and have Roman retain and, and go over that thousand day mark. I, I keep the title on him as long as he wanted to have it. To be honest with you, but I uh, hope you jump in, Jay. And your family have a great weekend out there in Minnesota. WrestleMania weekend, you better tell your wife. You're going to be up late both nights, brother, because I want you tuned in and dialed in watching the show on Saturday and Sunday. Everyone at home, enjoy the show. Anyone that's in New Jersey, come see us this weekend at the Wrestling Collector. And we will catch you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.